Welcome to the Dollcast, episode 144, Mythbusters, Tim Tebow edition. This is the Dogcast, episode number 144. This is the Tim Tebow Mythbusters edition, and uh, we're going to get to that show in just a second, but I want to give you a quick blurb here. I'm going to talk for about a minute and kind of give you some fresh updates. As you guys know, we've got spring ball starting next Monday. I'm not really going to talk about that right now or as far as the depth chart and things like that go because the the pre-spring depth chart is probably – the most meaningless piece of paperwork that comes out of the football program all year. So I'm not even going to mention that. We'll be covering Spring Brawl next week for you. We'll probably have a fresh show on Tuesday or Wednesday to let you know that practice got off the ground and everything's okay. Everybody looks to be there, and uh, you know it's going to be a great spring practice. We've got 15 practices coming up, closing out with the G-Day game in early April. Um... Not much has happened in the past week. Just to give you a quick update since the last show, Nadaris Ward, the much-heralded tight end out of Oakland, California, has decided that he is going to transfer back to, you know, probably a Pac-10 school. Uh, Old Dog wanted me to mention to you guys that uh, this is a perfect example of what we're always talking about with uh, recruits. If you remember, he was like the number two tight end in the country and, you know, a top ten player and four-star recruit and all that stuff. And he's basically going to come, stay at Georgia for two years and leave without really ever even being a factor on the field, even for one play. So, you know, that just goes to show you what can happen with recruits. Um Another real quick note, you know, we've got uh, Caleb King is going to compete uh, for, for backup playing time behind Noshawn Moreno. And word is that Tony Ball, the running backs coach, is trying to work up some schemes where we're going to have Noshawn Moreno and Caleb King in the backfield at the same time, which I think will be pretty exciting. But, uh, of course, Old Dog will have some stuff to say about that next week. Uh, going into spring ball, our biggest question mark without a doubt, is that kicker. We've got this uh, great kicker coming out of Florida, but he's not um, he's not ready to go yet, and we really don't have a front-line kicker for, for place kicking or for PATs at this time, and we're really hoping that kid, that freshman, can develop really quickly because, as you guys know, special teams, kicking, kickoffs, extra points, field goals, that kind of stuff is a huge component of a team that's going to try to play for a national championship. You've got to have everything working if you want to be the number one team in the country. And of course, that's our goal every year. So without further ado, I I just, well, wait a second, before I go into the show, let me, one more thing, you know, everybody's also saying, by the way, around here in Athens, that Logan Gray is probably going to overtake Joe Cox as the number two quarterback. He's expected to you know, make some make some moves here in spring practice. We've got a lot of competition for different jobs. Lots of competition at defensive end. Some competition on offensive line. Um, it, we'll tell you, it's going to be an exciting season, guys. Spring ball is almost here. And, you know, me and Old Dog are a lot better when we have actual football to talk about. 
Last thing I want to say before we get to the Tim Tebow show is that I'd like to thank the guys at the Sports Table. I was on that show yesterday, which is um, a, a daily radio show that covers about three states, uh, Alabama, Mississippi, Texas, Louisiana. It's a big show, and I appreciate those guys having me on the show. I'm going to try to get a clip of my segment and maybe post it here on the Dogcast for you guys next week. I have a lot of fun doing that show, and I appreciate those guys at the Sports Table having us on. So, without any further comment, here is the Tim Tebow edition of Mythbusters. Okay, dog fans, welcome to the Dogcast. We're back here in the bunker. I'm your host, Derek Leonard, and I've got my friend here, the ultimate old dog. We're back here in the bunker for episode number 144. And, you know, uh, we've got a special edition for you tonight. It's, it's that time of year where there's not a lot going on. There's just a, you know, not a lot happening with the football program. So we thought we'd come here with a special edition, you know, other than drinking, partying, partying and things like that. down policemen thinking they're cab drivers. Exactly. So what we thought we'd do is we have a couple special episodes here for you. We're going to do our Mythbusters edition, the Tim Tebow episode, where we where we break down some popular myths about Tim Tebow, God's quarterback, the world's greatest quarterback, the best quarterback to ever play the game, some say. Yeah, and I mean, let's just start with that, the fact that he is a great quarterback. Right. He's not. I mean, he's basically a fullback with a decent arm. Like you said, he's Fred Munzemeyer yeah. with a decent arm. And can and throw a little bit better. But, you know, this whole Heisman Trophy thing, you know, he threw for so many touchdowns, ran for so many. I mean, he is not a great quarterback. I totally agree. You know, because we've always said, and I, I think any football fan out there, even if you talk to a Florida fan, that, and they love Tebow down there, by the way, because he's such a good boy. You yes. Know? But what football fan would not trade a couple of touchdowns or some stats for some W's, you know? Without a doubt. Because really, a quarterback has to be defined, I think, by a success on the field. No doubt about it. I mean, look at today's game. We're getting ready to watch the Super Bowl. you got Tom Brady out there. I don't think anybody would tell you, even though he did have the most touchdown passes and broke some records this year, he's not what I think a lot of people would say technically the best quarterback. He's not like a technician on the field. No, but all he does is win. He, he's got a really great stat in one important yeah. category, much like the great David Green has. Exactly. You know? And Buck Ballou. Yep. I mean, you know, they didn't do anything fancy. All they did was put up W's. They put up W's, baby. And if you look at, uh, we, we checked the schedule on Tim Tebow. He he beat two top 20 teams. See, that, that's number eight on the list. Damn it. Okay, you're, I'm you're, sorry. I'm going, going crazy. All right, number one, that he's a great quarterback. Number two, that he leaps tall buildings in a single bound. <laughs> Hell, he can't even leap Cave Weston in, <laughs> exactly. in a single bound. I mean... <laughs> We were throwing him to the dirt in Jacksonville like a rotten sack of potatoes. Exactly. We doubled his season sack total in one game. So, no, he cannot leap a tall building in a single bound. Number three, some say he's faster than a speeding bullet, old dog. And although he's never raced a speeding bullet, (laughs) I do know a lot of people that would like to shoot one at him. (laughs) He raced a couple of Georgia defensive ends this year, didn't he? Yeah, and, and lost. And some uh, Michigan defensive ends and defensive linemen, and didn't do so well. No. So he's definitely not faster than a speeding bullet. And in keeping with that theme, what's number four? That he's Superman. 
You, the S on his chest, he's ten. How many times, dog fans, have you heard them call him Superman? Mm-hmm. You know, he they act like he's the greatest thing, the most powerful player, that he commands the yeah. field. Oh, without a doubt. And, I mean, it is just, it's ridiculous what they've done. And really, some of the other broadcasts picked up on it, but it goes back to ESPN and their overhyping of everything. We talked about it on the last show. Danica Patrick, Michelle Wee, Tim Tebow. And I'm glad they're doing it because as the first two turned out to be total bust, and I think Tebow was going that way. Well, you know, the thing about him being such a warrior and he's such, you know, the heart of a champion and the heart of a lion, but then, you know, you hear that, but then when we beat him, well, it's because he's hurt. Right, had and a he, bad shoulder. He, he can't play when he's hurt. You know what I mean? If he's if he's the warrior they say he is, and he's the heart of a champion that they say he is, well, he should be able to play with only one arm. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, a, a dislocated shoulder, or a little bruise on his shoulder, how could that possibly stop Superman Tim Tebow? Crazy. It's crazy. Absolutely talk. crazy. But along those lines, uh, a lot of people think that really was not Tebow when we played him because he was out and he had found Bin Laden and had killed him. Right. And that that was one of his many body doubles. Exactly, yes. Kind of like Saddam Hussein had a lot of body doubles. You know? Right. But but we have found out because they have released another recording, Tim Tebow has not killed Bin Laden. Or captured him. He's not or, holding him. No, either. he's not holding him. At, I just want to be clear. That's right. He's not captured him or killed him, either one. Right. So Now, this is a little bit of old news. Uh, what, two weeks ago? But... He was not responsible for the three-quarter point drop that the Fed did that basically saved the money market. That's true. You know, a lot of people said that he was in discussions with Ben Bernanke about the that economy. That he called Bernanke up and said, man, this is what you got to do, that, and do it now. That's what we heard. You know, right. I heard that he was talking to the Treasury Secretary. He was doing a lot of different things, you know, behind the scenes. It turns out that he was not behind the 75 basis point rate cut. And he also, in kind of a side note, has got no handprints on the Microsoft Yahoo deal either. I don't think so. I, I you know, uh, word is he put he was long the common stock in Yahoo at the time of the announcement. I've searched the SEC records and not found that he was he's long the stock. Gotcha. Either. So he's basically just making phone calls illegally to recruits. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much yeah. all he's been doing this past week. Now something else, and I don't know if it's a myth or not. Uh, but they kept talking on, I think it was during the Michigan game, <laughs> that his family actually owned an orphanage. Right, yes. Now, I didn't know that an orphanage was a private enterprise <laughs> that, that one could own. And do they profit from that? Is it a for-profit enterprise? I mean, are they, selling, are they selling kids? Or, you know, what's the deal there? Because, I, you know, they used to have those kind of orphanages like that on the west coast of Africa. And uh, that didn't work out so good no. for the orphans or the orphan owners. Right. I'm not sure what that is, but, you know, they said repeatedly that his family owned an orphanage <laughs> in the Philippines. And this is really one myth we can't bust because I don't know if it's true or not. We're not sure if they're orphanages or they're dealing in black market uh, babies. We, we don't know you what's know, going what, on with what's that. What's the deal? No, I, we're not sure about yeah. that. But, uh, I mean, you know. Now, now, the other, and then, you know, moving on down. Yes. Uh, Myth number the fact eight. that Tebow is this great quarterback, he's a warrior, he's a champion, and he has beaten a lot of top 20 teams. Well, you know, he and Chris Leak had a nice little run. 
Chris Leak actually probably doing about 90% of the quarterbacking. Uh, this year, with Tebow at the helm, two top 20 teams. Right. Kentucky and Tennessee. Finish the season 8-5. and five. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you are a Heisman Trophy winner, God's quarterback, you beat top 20 teams. And as we said before, too, talking about the Michigan game, we talked about this in the bowl game wrap-up. You know, if you can't beat you, – Michigan turns the ball over four times. They're a mid-range top – I mean, a mid-range Big Ten team that lost to App State. Yeah. They turn the ball over to you four times. You get two possessions late in the fourth down and can't gain a single yard. Right, four and out both times. I mean, he is not – I've seen Heisman Trophy winners, and you, sir – are not a Heisman, an authentic Heisman right. Trophy winner. There's, just, there's nothing to talk about there. No. Moving on down to number nine. Wait. Oh, go ahead. Number nine, we've got a special, we've got a phone-in Mythbuster. Throw it in there. We've got a phone-in Mythbuster. We're going we're gonna to go to that. We've got a guy calling in. We're going to come back from the break and listen to what this guy's got to say. So here's number nine, the Mythbuster. Hey, guys. This is uh, John from Power Springs. Um, I've got a uh, Tim Tebow myth that needs uh, busting. Um I don't know if you know Todd McShay, but he is a uh, announcer for ESPN. I think he does a college uh, radio show um, on Saturdays. Anyway, I heard him a couple of weeks ago, and I almost crapped my pants when I heard him uh, talk. He said that he had found um, he had a newfound appreciation for Tim Tebow after breaking down film with Urban Meyer. Scratch that, Urban Liar uh, on um, Tebow. And he explained it that Meyer would show him, well, look at Tebow here. He, you know, first thing he has to do is he has to read the coverage, and then he has to determine whether it's, you know, it's a run play or a pass play, and then he has to determine, you know, the personnel groupings, whether it needs to go left or right, which is total crap. Because if you've ever watched the Gators play, you know that Tim Tebow does no determination about what play to run. The first thing they do is they line up on scrimmage, and then what do they do? They look to the sideline, the coaches call the play, and they run the play that's called from the sideline. That's the way it goes on every single play. He does nothing except bring him out of the huddle and then look to the sideline to see what play somebody wants to run. And to say that he's some kind of cerebral quarterback that can read coverages and determine which play to run is ridiculous. Urban Liar pulled one over the uh, over this guy, and that is a myth that he is some kind of superhuman quarterback that can just pick apart defenses. He does nothing at all. Now, part of this is strategy because they purposely line up to the line of scrimmage quickly so the defenses cannot substitute players. And then while they're they get the defense set up, the sidelines will call in the play. So he does nothing except get them up to the line of scrimmage and look to the sidelines. To say that that is some kind of you know cerebral work being done on that head of his is just ridiculous. And when I heard Todd McShay say that, I thought that was just so ridiculous. So that is a myth that needs busting, and I wanted to pass that along to you. Uh, I love the podcast. Keep it up, guys. This is John from Power Springs. And, John, we appreciate that, and there's really no need for us to bust that myth because you did a great job he on did, it. He did, but, yeah, uh, Tim Tebow is not some kind of super – he's not only Superman, he's not super smart either. You right. know, 
Okay, old dog. Now, we've got some other call-ins, too, some other myths that need busting, okay? So, in keeping with this call-in thing, we got the great thing there from Powder Springs. We've got a couple more calls here, so we're going to go up to Winder now and take another call from Winder, and then we'll comment about that. So, here's the comment. Hey, Derek, old dog. This is Ryan and Winder. Uh, it's a pretty icy night out here in, in my town of Winder, but uh, just wanted to know... Um, a few things about Tim Tebow, this Mythbuster show you got coming up. Uh, got a couple of things. I just want to know, uh, can uh, Tim Tebow's tears cure cancer? Uh, so I'm crying and, you know, on the sidelines a couple of times. I know if we need to gather a few of them up, you know, maybe spread it, maybe cure some, heal the patients of cancer. Uh, second off, I want to know if Tim Tebow could turn a fit, make a fish feed a town of people or get his football team. Curiosity on that one, and um, I want to know does he can, does he possess the Holy Grail? I would like to know that one also. Or has he found the fountain youth? Just a couple of questions to ask. Didn't know if you could find them out for me. Um, I sure would hell like to know. I mean, it, it really it boggles my mind. I mean, they put, they bow down to him as if he's a god, which we all know there's only one god. Anyway, uh, this is Ron from Winder, and uh, I just want to say go dogs, and uh, hopefully you can answer some of my questions coming up. Go dogs. Well, thanks, Ryan. That's a great question. You know, great questions. Lots of myth there that we've got to bust about uh, Tim Tebow. D to start off with the first one, you know, we've done some extensive research about Tim Tebow, and uh, it turns out that although he is a very high producer of tears, they cannot cure cancer. But I, I, it has been reported that in some parts of the state, uh, between Gainesville and the coast there on the, on the Gulf, he has cured some planter's warts. I don't know. I've heard that his tears can cure planter's warts from uh, the bottom of um, uh, you know, orphans' feet. You know, yeah. He uses his tears to, to cure planter's warts from the feet of orphans. But uh, it's a no-go on the cancer so far. But they're still working on it. You know, I think the potency really hasn't been distilled out yet. But, Old Dog, what, what do you have on the tears curing cancer? Well, it'd be nice if they could. But, but I'm with you. I don't think they can. <laughs> Although he, he has produced quite a bit of tears, as <laughs> yeah, we pointed out earlier. He's um, huge on tear production. When you get into a big game and you don't win, <laughs> he uh, seems to do a little bit of crying. Along with some whining, too. Yes, yes. A little bitterness there. You know, on that. And, uh, you know, Ryan, you're number two. Uh, can he produce a fish that could feed a town or his football <laughs> team? You know, I don't know if he can or not. Uh, I don't think he can because he doesn't seem to be able really to lead his team. No. In any, in any way or, you know, or a town even. But uh, Orphanages? Maybe. Possibly. He might. We we. Rumor is maybe he does have a fish. He's come up with a fish that could feed an orphanage, but I don't know about uh, a half a dozen offensive linemen. I, I, I'm just not. I'm not yeah, seeing it. Not on that. As far as the Holy Grail goes, I understand he has that in the dishwasher of his apartment <laughs> and drinks his ice cold milk out of it every morning. <laughs> so yes. He does have the Holy Grail. He does have the Holy Grail. That is, uh, that's a myth that's been confirmed on yes. the Tim Debow Mythbusters edition. He does have it. And one of the reasons we believe he is from Ponte Vedra is he is 
searching for the Fountain of Youth there in St. Augustine. It's not clear whether or not he actually has built a house around the source of the Fountain of Youth or not. But he, he's if he hasn't found it, he he's, is looking he's for closing it. in on it. He is absolutely closing in on it. Yeah, so it'll only be a matter of days now by the time you hear this. So, uh, you know, he's definitely closing in on it, and uh, we'll get back to you as soon as the search is complete. Absolutely. Thanks, Ryan. Those are some great questions. And we hope we cleared them up for you. Now, Bill, we've got one more caller, and okay. uh, we're going to take a few more minutes here before we get back to the regular list. So check this out. Hey, guys. Yeah, I know you're doing your uh, Tim Tebow Mythbusters thing coming up pretty soon, which I'm really looking forward to. I was just wondering if – I'm pretty sure you guys have heard by now, but I was just wondering if y'all can touch on the whole deal with Tim Tebow calling that recruit the night he got his Heisman, which I I think if, if he really did what, – apparently what happened was uh, as soon as he got the Heisman, Urban Meyer passed him in his cell phone, and he called up this guy – Call more or something like that from some junior college, and apparently Tebow told him that he should come down to Florida so they can go win the national title. Now I don't know about you guys. I think that's low class. Just I mean, just in my eyes, just to call somebody and say, "Oh, I won the Heisman." That means you need to come with us and come try and win a title. That's just a bunch of bull. There's no way they get getting there with Tebow. But anyways, uh, I'm really looking forward to the next episode, and especially next season when we, when we kick some butt out there. All right, guys. Well, talk to you later. Well, the way I understand what happened was pretty quickly after Tebow won the Heisman Trophy, Meyer had this recruit on Coach Meyer's cell phone, handed it to Tebow, and basically said, talk to this guy. And Tebow says, yippee, I just won the Heisman. Come on over, and we'll win a national championship. <laughs> that, that's exact. That was like a dead-on impression. And, and apparently, it. and I'm not a big fan of a bunch of bullcrap NCAA rules. And But anyway, apparently that is a violation at, for a current player to talk to a recruit at the coach's behest. It would not have been a violation if Tebow picked up the phone and called this guy on his own or if this guy had gotten Tebow's number and called him. Uh, You know, I mean, we just, you know, it's not that big a deal. I just, they're just low class. We know they are. I mean, these are people that don't know the difference between a shark and an alligator. You know, I mean... What are you going to do, dog fans? You know, what can you do? Are you surprised? Right. What can you say? I mean, nothing they do shocks me. No, it doesn't. So, that myth is confirmed. Tim Tebow did call a recruit on Coach Meyer's cell phone. Well, didn't call him. I mean, and and that's that's where the thing breaks down. You're right. The, The violation occurred when Meyer handed Tebow Meyer's phone and said, talk to this kid. Right. But either way, the myth is confirmed. Now, back to the regular list. Moving on to number 10. Number 10. The fact that he turned water into wine, 
We know that's a myth because he doesn't drink. He doesn't drink. When other kids are drinking, like, for instance, a Fred Munzenmeyer, he's out doing the things oh, that only the, Tim Tebow can at, do. He's at the family-owned orphanage. <laughs> Working at the orphanage, you know, uh, doing whatever they do yeah. over there at the orphanage. Now, this is one that we already hit on a little bit, the fact that he's a big game player. You know that if you could only choose one quarterback to have at the helm, the guy you need, Tim Tebow, would be your boy because he's going to bring home the bacon. And as we've said before, he is great at beating up on mediocre teams, uh, just like his coach. But when it comes down to really needing to win against a real football program, they just haven't been able to do it under the helm of Tebow. Right. That's absolutely right. They've not come through in the clutch which is, again, to me, a hallmark of a Heisman Trophy-type player. You know, when you need it, that's when guys like Herschel Walker, and, I mean, you know, you go back to other Heisman Trophy winners, guys like, I don't know, Chris Winkie or something. Those guys won football games. Look at Matt Leinart, you know? Those guys, when they need it, man, a real Heisman-type player can really command the game. Well, you know, and and takes control of the game. Mm-hmm. And, again, probably the, the greatest example of him not being able to do that was in those final their final two possessions against Michigan. Right. But it boils down to we exposed them about midseason that you can't come in and defense them like you do a normal football team. You have got to stop Tebow, put pressure on them, and if you do that, the whole, deck of, the whole house of cards falls apart. And last but not least, Tebow's going to be a great pro. Will he go pro after next year? Will he do this and that? How fast can he go pro? Tim Tebow will never be a pro football player. Let me go, let me, let me go to our friends here at ESPN, the magazine. They've, they've weighed in on this topic. Um, they basically talked about Tim Tebow's Heisman win being the kiss of death for the Florida's quarterback NFL career. And he says here, because everybody knows that running backs who get the Heisman go on to great NFL careers, and quarterbacks who get the NFL prize, I mean, the, the Heisman, generally, and they're talking about guys, think about Eric Crouch. Eric Crouch from Nebraska? Yeah. Gino Toretta, Jason White, and the great Chris Winkie all went on to uh, to not do so great well, at all. And, and not just that, but... Even those guys you mentioned were quarterbacks. Right. And they again, were real quarterbacks right. in college. And again, like we said, basically Tebow is a fullback playing the quarterback position. Right, exactly. And he's there's no need for people like that in the in the pros. Well, it that just little got, dip it your shoulder thing is not going to work in the pros. No. Uh-uh. It didn't work against our NFL-like defense right. in Georgia. Um, so... You know, he's never going to be a great unless he unless he has some kind of transformational change in his game, which at this point I don't foresee. He he's got no chance whatsoever of making it in the pros. No. So uh, that's it. The top twelve myths about Tim Tebow. You know, guys, we have a lot of fun doing this show. Yeah. I just want to let you guys know we really appreciate y'all listening. We know we're kind of in the doldrums right now, and uh, we've got a lot of recruiting news coming up. Um, we're going to come out with our anti-recruiting show. When, when are we going to, you know, if we post the Tim Debo show, when are we coming out with the reverse recruiting show? They're going to do the reverse recruiting show. And, then and post the recruiting it. show at the same time? No, and post the Tim Tebow show after that. We're going to post all those at the same time? No. We, we, we were going to post this one after 
recruiting. Oh, oh that's right. We're saving this shit. Yes. So I shouldn't be talking about recruiting because no, no. it's it's taking the the, right. the magic out but of you time just shifting. Got, you just got carried away. <laughs> but that's okay. <laughs> I did. I totally read. Well, let's move on then. Because see, now, guys, it's in the doldrums. Let me let me rewind. Hold on. Rewind the tape. <laughs> guys, it's April now. And, uh, you know, we're recording this show. We've really hit the doldrums of the springtime. You know? Well, we're not going to put it on it's, in April. It's way after signing day now. <laughs> Dog fans, thanks for listening. That's it. We have a ton of fun doing this show. And we appreciate you guys listening. We appreciate the feedback. Give us a call at 706 706- Five three four fifteen sixteen, or you can email us at dogcast at gmail By the way, if you're looking at, if you're listening to this, and we've had a problem with the website, just you should know that we know about it, and we're working on it, and we're going to get it resolved as quick as possible. Dog fans, that's it. Give me a have give them hell, Harry dogs or something. Have like a good that. one. If you got another myth that needs to be busted, let us know. Exactly. We'll do our best. We're on it, dog fans. Thanks. <laughs>